What's up, everybody, and welcome to Now Available, the Internet's only streaming service podcast right here, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, my name is Adam Howard, and along with me, as always, Big Hoss, Ricky Ettinger. <laughs> it's so funny, Big Hoss. <laughs> uh, That's what the one guy just called called uh, uh, Michael Douglas the whole time. He's like, Hoss. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the whole movie. Gus. What, yep. Yeah, whatever his name is. <laughs> I only know Michael Douglas's character's name, but he's just going to be Michael Douglas. <laughs> no, I know two characters' names. Him and uh, I know uh, him and the girl Roxy. Oh, Roxy. no, I don't. E- I don't even know her. <laughs> it's Catherine. Oh, right, right, Gee, yeah. Louise, did you even watch the movie, bro? I watched it about an hour ago. Yeah, I finished it about an hour ago. <laughs> yep. <sighs> All right, so you want to uh, you want to explain yourself to the people as to why your com- uh, Discord crashed? Why well, I have no idea why my <laughs> Discord crashed. I think it might have something to do with this, but we shall see. Nice, hell yeah! It um, might be. It might be because of this. Oh God! What is what is this gonna be? <laughs> so you're you're. So bef- for the people the people that weren't watching the show before we started recording we uh we were we got <laughs> we got talking and Ricky's just talking about Jersey Shore and how he's just binge watching it and I was gonna, I was going to talk about that regardless cuz I've been I've actually been active on Twitter recently trying to promote the show and I'm <laughs> I'm on Twitter and I see something about season 2 of Jersey Shore and I'm like is is Ricky is Ricky rewatching Jersey Shore I'm like that and then you're like this morning you're like yeah i just i just keep watching jersey shore just every every day just jersey shore non-stop and then we talk about the stand and you're like no i've been meaning to watch that and then we discover you have cbs all access and that's the reason you haven't been watching and it's not that you're cheap like me and or waiting till it all comes out to watch it so i <laughs> explain yourself all right so i've been fucking exposed jeez uh <laughs> All right, yeah, so I come home from work one day, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to play Warcraft, and I'll just put something on TV. It doesn't matter what it is. Did you? F- oh, okay. So I I have CBS All Access, and I've only used it to watch, like, football games. And I've been mm-hmm. watching um, this show called Be Positive with uh, Thomas Middleditch. Oh, okay. Um, known for... Uh, Middle Ditch and Schwartz, that comedy special that's on Netflix. So, I don't really, I haven't gone through what's on there, and so the one day I'm playing, I was like, okay, I'll play Warcraft. I'll just put something on. And I'm flipping through CBS, and I see the Jersey Shore is on there. And now I've been talking about Jersey Shore a lot, uh, probably <laughs> since. Uh, in the fall when I went to New Jersey for uh, the movie's pop-up, right? And so <laughs> my history with Jersey Shore is when the show was coming out, me and my friend John watched it each week. We would text each other on Thursday night like, GT- <laughs> GTL, dude, like it's time to go. Cabs are here. We're about to watch Jersey Shore. So I was obsessed with it back then. Uh. All right, so fast forward to to today. I finished season one in like a day, like I said before. Now I'm I'm like almost done with season two. 
Uh, I've just been watching it nonstop. So my tweet was okay. So I've been watching it, and like my main issue is nobody can communicate with each other. Like they they talk to each other, but they can't. Like get, if everyone was uh, truthful about their intentions on the show, there would be no problem, right? If if everyone came into the house and was like, uh, you know, I'm going to, my whole plan is to sleep with all these people. And that's what I want to do and have fun and drink and whatever. And everybody else was like, okay, cool. That's what we want to do. Right. That would solve all the, the conflicts that they have with like, oh, you slept with so-and-so. Oh, you did this with so-and-so. And like, oh, you're getting drunk. And like, it's just, it's ridiculous. Anyways, my tweet, I'll, I'll read it for the uh, people that don't follow me. Okay. Which you should at Risk Khalifa on Twitter. <laughs> at Risk Khalifa. Uh, and Twitch, my, probably. My, formerly TikTok. And formerly TikTok. My uh, my name is Stage 5 Klinger, which is also a uh, Jersey Shore reference. God damn it. <laughs> so my tweet was um, In season two of Jersey Shore, Sam makes a bigger deal out of who wrote the note rather than what the note entails. Uh, this is a classic red herring. What's more interesting is her motivation behind it. Is she ashamed of being treated poorly by Ron, or is she truly okay with it? Um, so I'm watching it, and I'm like, season two, like, the big issue is, <laughs> this is now Jersey Shorecast, uh, the, the main issue is Ron and Sam are broken up. They They come back to the house, and... Uh, they're trying to get back to being together, but like Ron is off doing his thing. And then he comes back to the house and is like, you know, trying to have his cake and eat it too. <laughs> if they could have all just been like, Hey, this is what's happening. And Ron was like, Hey, this is what I want to do. These problems might not happen. There wouldn't be this huge conflict of, you know, someone, someone's feelings are being hurt are, you know, they're being misled this direction or whatever it is. Uh, so I uh, would like everyone out there to watch Jersey Shore Season 2. Um, after this, we're moving on to Season 3, baby. We're going to Italy. Oh, God. <laughs> I'll see you guys there. Oh, goodness gracious. Dude, it's a good show. Yeah, I just want to show everybody what my uh, notes say here. I don't know if you can read it. How dare you? <laughs> what? <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> How did you know? I didn't think it I didn't think I'd be offended as I would would have been this morning, but here we are now. That's unbelievable. I did not know you wrote that. I can't believe you wrote that. <laughs> it said it was typed out, and it said that I talk about Jersey Shore tweet. It said, "Ask Ricky about his Jersey Shore tweets." Holy shit! <laughs> oh my last, god! Last last week, my uh, intro notes included um, Ricky anecdote. That's what they said. <laughs> That's it, Ricky anecdote. Because I knew there was gonna there's gonna be something about coffee, something about something else. Mm-hmm. I yeah. can't believe it. I, you're like a you're like a mind reader. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. <laughs> I'm not a mind reader. I just I just read Twitter. <laughs> read my Twitter specifically. 
Well, if you go to if you go to the Star Room Studios Twitter account, which I post most of the updates for our show on, because I don't use Twitter for any other reason, mm-hmm. um, I follow like three accounts, and one of them is yours. <laughs> That's what's up, dude. <laughs> you got to get on the Twitter game, dude. I got to get better. I have a Twitter account somewhere, and I just have to log back into it. Yeah. And tweet random stuff out. And then you can harass me on the show about it. There we go. Yeah. So the goal for next week is you have a Twitter. Or you use your Twitter and you make a controversial tweet that I get to bring up. Oh, I had a controversial movie opinion that I can't remember now that I was going to say. I don't remember it at all. No. <laughs> when I think of it, I'll post it on Twitter and then you can harass me about it. All right. Um, we're looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Also looking forward to uh, season three, Jersey Shore. Kevs are here, GTL, uh, fist pump. Uh, <laughs> Ron, stop. Are you are you also gonna watch this the scene from the Three Stooges uh, remake they did where uh, the Three Stooges were on Jersey Shore? What? <laughs> the Three Stooges are on Jersey Shore. At the in the Three Stooges movie, they were on Jersey Shore. There's a clip of it. <laughs> Holy shit! Oh, the new, the, the new, new new Three Stooges. Yeah, all the old ones have uh, have died, unfortunately. <laughs> the, uh, Will Sasso is in the new one, right? I think so. There's a bunch of like they're actually like pretty well known actors that play the Three Stooges. Well, not well known, but they're like yeah, they're familiar faces. Who are the? Who what happened to Will Sasso? You'll just have to find out on Will Sasso cast next week. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to call him and see what he's up to. You're uh, calling Will Sasso, okay. I feel... Yeah, where the hell's he been? I think he had a podcast, too. I think it was like five-minute podcast or ten-minute podcast or something like that. They were all like really, really short. But it was like him and a couple other comedians, I think. I can't remember. Speaking of other comedians with podcasts, uh, besides us two. Um, Go listen to Mint Mobile Podcast on the Mint Mobile Network. The Mint Mobile <laughs> Ryan show. Reynolds still, still up. Sponsor us. Uh, do you know who... Um, That's probably our longest running joke. The Mint Mobile? Yeah. Did you... Okay. I got two things here. One... Okay. First thing, I think it's Tom Segura. He's a... Comedian, he's a big podcast guy. I saw a video yeah. of him trying to dunk a basketball where he tore some uh, tendon in his leg. And so as he's jumping to dunk this basketball, he jumps up, the tendon snaps in his leg, he immediately falls, lands on his arm, and breaks the shit out of his arm. Oh, and it, it's fucking, it's rough. Like, I watched it, the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, he just slipped. But it's no, like, a tendon in his leg snaps and he immediately, like, collapses onto his arm. It's like all of his weight falls onto his arm. Oh, um, okay, so that's the first thing. The second thing. There's a new movie on Netflix, or it's coming out on Netflix, that has oh, Ryan dear. Reynolds, mm-hmm. The Rock, and Gal Gadot. Mm-hmm. And uh, what is going to happen? Deadpool 3. <laughs> no, it's... <laughs> I think it's another like actiony movie. If you see this, yeah, thing, they're putting out like a new movie each week. 
Netflix is? Uh-huh. Every week they put out a, a new that. movie. I haven't seen But that makes sense because, like, all the streaming services, like, I've seen are, like, buying up, like, Oscar contenders and, like, releasing them. Ooh. Like, same day as theaters and different things like that. Because I think that started with HBO Max with their Warner Brothers movies that they're doing. And then they basically took every other company's going and, like, getting different ones. Like, I know Amazon Prime has One Night in Miami. Um... Netflix has Ma Rainey's Black Bottom or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. With Chad McBoseman, which I still have to see. And, like, a bunch of other different ones. Like, there's there's Nomadland, which is going to Hulu, I think, with Francis McDormand. So that one should be good. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm excited for. Not this Jersey Shore stuff. Whatever, dude. <laughs> what, here's what's going to happen. Uh, and this is what happened to me and what's going to happen to all these people. They, they're hearing me talk about Jersey Shore and how fun it was and what a better not a better time but what a different time <laughs> when, when it could go places yeah you get to you get to relive going to the club you get to relive you know putting your t-shirt on getting in the cab <laughs> getting to the club and fighting like you can't have any of those things now i i just want to say if there are any game developers listening to me please do not invent a jersey shore vr game i will never see ricky again never please please don't make that game could you fucking imagine <laughs> it that game exists it's vr chat if i go is that on... the one with the pool room and the bar or is that a different one yes so vr chat is like you get to pick any avatar you get to make any avatar so you could be fucking sonic you could be <laughs> Ready Player uh, One, the video game. Yeah, you could be anybody. And then you can get to go into, like, yeah, different areas of, like, a city. And I think there is, like, a bar. There's one, there's, like, a club where you can go and do, like, comedy. It's, like, a stage. Oh, my God. And you go up there and everyone can see you and shit. But, yeah, all I need I... is photorealistic um, avatar of <laughs> of uh, Mike the Situation. And, <laughs> and that I can be. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> what a dream come true. Are you kidding me? What an absolute dream come true. This would be the end of the podcast if that happened. Yeah. You would you would No, you'd still do the podcast. You just have your VR goggles on the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh be awesome. Oh, it'd be so cool. I can't wait. All right, what have well, we done? Yeah, okay, so Jersey Shore Chat is next week. So this week we got to talk about Basic Instinct. Okay, Basic Instinct. We watch this on Netflix. So if you haven't watched it yet, go watch it on Netflix. Come back, listen to it. Comment to us on Instagram, Twitter, wherever else you might want to comment to us. Maybe we'll read your tweets if we get any. Um... <laughs> So, uh, Basic Instinct. Just want to preface this. Basic Instinct, cool name for a movie. Yeah. Really cool name for a movie. Um, it's directed by Paul Verhoeven, uh, released on March 18th, 1992. It has a runtime of an hour and 28 minutes, a budget of $49 million, a box office of $352.9 million, and it stars Michael Douglas, Sharon Stone, D- George Dezundazas, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Gene Triplehorn, Horn and Wayne Knight. Uh, 
And this is the fourth highest grossing film of 1992. Ricky, can you guess the other three films that grossed more than this in 1992? 1992. Uh, Wayne's World? Nope. Fuck. Um, <laughs> uh, 92. Uh, is, it, is it a comedy? There's one of them's a comedy, one of them's animated, and one of them's romantic. An animated movie and a romantic movie. Well, there's three different ones that are grossed higher. One animated, one romantic, one comedy. Shit. All of them are pretty, or considered classics, I think. Okay, comedy or pretty was, well considered. Uh, comedy was uh, Dumb and Dumber. Nope. Give you a hint on the comedy. It was a sequel. Damn it. It was a sequel. Uh, Wayne's World 2. Nope. Nope. Damn it. Okay, animated movie was a Disney movie. It's probably going to yes. be... Uh, um, Lion King? Nope. Damn it. I, I got nothing. I can't... I'm out. So, it, it was the fourth highest grossing movie of 1992 behind Disney's Aladdin, Fuck. The Bodyguard, and Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. No way, dude. That's a pretty great year for films. Not even going to lie. You said it came out March 18th? Yep. That was one month after my birthday. There you go. Just as old as me. Wow. (laughs) And, And did you know there's a basic instinct too? Yes. It came out way later, right? Came out in 2006. Yeah. Sharon 14 Stone. years later. Sharon yep, Stone she's still Stone. in it. Um, yep. It's really bad. Michael Douglas is not. I've never seen it. This is my first time actually watching the first Basic Instinct. Nice. There's some... So, obviously, I know about this movie from, like, some of these, like, really legendary scenes. Um, like, one one very in particular that a lot of people know about that might mm-hmm. not know it's from this movie. Uh, yeah. I already knew about that scene that you're talking about, yeah. Every everybody knows. Everybody about knows it. Yeah. Wow. What a <laughs> what a it could, titular. Do you want to just start start with that? Uh, start with that. Uh, that scene. Get it out of the way. Yeah. Um. All right. So if you guys you guys watched the movie, right? And yeah. So spoiler. All spoilers. <laughs> yeah. All spoilers. Go back to 1992 if you haven't seen it. We got We got to go back, right? So picture me. A, a young boy, maybe, you know, early 2000s, right? And the only way that you could see nudity in any kind of capacity was through movies, right? You can't, you can't go on your phone and type in hot babes on Google. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta watch movies. And I think that's kind of how I learned about this scene in particular is it's so like, you know, somebody saw it somewhere and it just spread like, so the scene we're talking about here is when she's being interviewed, obviously, by the police, uh, Catherine, Sharon Stone. Um, and she's got this white, like, gown, not gown, but, like, dress thing on, like, short <laughs> dress thing on. Uh, might be a shirt. We don't know. Yeah, it might be a really long shirt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and Newman is there, and he's interviewing 
her and he's sweating, right? He's Wayne Knight, perfectly cast. Perfectly cast for this this particular role and playing the assistant district attorney. I think perfect casting done here. Yeah, he's great. Uh <laughs> and the so the whole her whole character is like just manipulative. Like she's just saying mm-hmm. shit whether or not she means it, she's just saying it to get a reaction out of all of these people. So like this room, it's her with a room full of like eager dudes and she's absolutely 100% playing the shit out of all of them. And she knows it. She knows that like mm-hmm. she has the upper hand. So that's why I think that makes this move where she uncrosses her legs and you can see up her, her dress and then she crosses her legs over again. Like, she just know it's so cool like she knows what she's doing she knows that all of these dudes are eating it up and they're like they're 100 percent in the palm of her hand and she can do anything mm-hmm. to them and just how she like yeah. manipulates uh michael douglas by saying his just by saying his name like after everything she says it's right nick or <laughs> like you want a cigarette nick like and then that causes this whole disruption of like, oh, you know her? How do you know her? Like, right, yeah. <laughs> it's oh, it's yeah. so cool. That, for not being the antagonist, she's a damn good antagonist. Mm-hmm. Like, because throughout this movie, the whole thing is like, basically, for the most part, sex is the weapon sort of thing. Or like, sexuality is the weapon. And she, it's really played up with her character compared to other ones. Mm-hmm. But even so, still, there's still that sort of, like I just I just thought of this just now. This movie is very much in the same sort of sense as like the horror genre where it's like you get um these people that have sex and then bad things happen to them, which mm-hmm. happens throughout the whole whole movie pretty much. With it well with the exception of the the one no, t- exception of two people it happens. Where the the um the internal affairs guy and then his friend detective the cowboy dude mm-hmm. um those oh, yeah, two yeah. are basically the only people that are implicated with sex that that get killed in this movie mm-hmm. um which i think is interesting yeah i just I never noticed Cause that because it's definitely the same sort of thing where that's happening where all the which i thought was interesting is they kind of use that trope from that genre and bring it into this film because this film is very much like a noir film and that sort of thing and like when he's following her around in her car and stuff like that i got i've i don't know if you've seen it but i got very much vibes from uh alfred hitchcock's vertigo where um uh james stewart's trailing the the female character and stuff like that and she ends up not being who he thinks she is and yada 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 and all this sort of stuff Mm -hmm. which is like another thing i think the film deals with too is like the voyeurism and the the watching eye and stuff like that and kind of how that plays out and how how it can be both this good thing as well as like this terrible awful thing mm-hmm. um which i think is shown a lot through the movie uh yeah i haven't seen vertigo but i yeah the the whole vibe of it is like and now that you mentioned it, it does have like some like horror aspects to it for sure like you would definitely see those things those tropes in a horror movie Um, yeah definitely yeah definitely with the the use of nudity and stuff like that as well as like the looking and Mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff i think it definitely definitely comes from a combination of that and then um like i said vertigo does the same sort of thing which is hitchcock so obviously 
yeah. that has he has the same sort of resonance as the other stuff. Uh, what what are some things that you liked about the movie? Some things I like. I definitely, I think the the um the interrogation room is really cool, and I think that I honestly think that's an iconic iconic set for not even having seen the movie before. Mm-hmm. That's a set like I can see and know yeah and know where it's from. Like even if they didn't have like the stars in it, I probably could nail it the same way. I think the music's really good in this this film. Like it, it is understated, but it fits with the noir kind of film aspect of it. Um, I definitely like sort of the the mirror images with the different sex scenes and stuff like that from the beginning to the where Michael Douglas and her are doing that, um, mm-hmm. and the way they actually use the mirror too to be like, "Hey, we're mirroring it." Um, oh yeah, <laughs> sort yeah. of thing. Um, my yeah, that was interesting. Um, yeah, uh, I'm trying to think what else. I really, I really like the aspect that she's an author and kind of that's what her books are about, mm-hmm. and that creates this sort of misleading thing. And I honestly, I thought from the beginning, I thought it was going to be Roxy who did it because mm-hmm. I saw her and I'm like, okay, we see her for one scene and then she goes away and then she comes back. Um, I'm like, okay, it's her. And I think it's cool that they kind of mislead you and take one of this the most normal characters in the movie and kind of like flip it to where she's crazy mm-hmm. which again i think i think that harkens back to uh psycho too this movie like now that i'm thinking about it, it pays a huge homage to hitchcock and the way that the villains brought down and stuff like that and how it's like the wig and the the disguise and different things like mm-hmm. that and kind of the looking and all that sort of stuff i think it pays a big homage to that yeah uh yeah i really like I think the story is cool, and like, mm-hmm. it, there's something, there's something like that's old about it, like something that's very familiar about the story. Like, it's a, oh, it's an author who is killing people described that's described in the books, but it seems yeah. like on on that alone, it's very like oh, this is very simple. Obviously, she's doing it, but then how she can manipulate other people, like using her sexuality or in the. Si- yeah. She makes people like believe her. And even the psychiatrist, the the other one does that too to um Michael Douglas. So they're both playing him mm-hmm. in the same sort of way cuz and they have the same sort of background, which I think is cool that kind of mirror image and that sort of thing. Uh, and the duality almost. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I I really like that. I think that's really something that's got such a like a solid feeling to it. Like uh that's maybe it's just like a good story. I also really like um, the practical effects of it. Obviously, so it's from 92. So right. It's fucking 30 years old. But, so it wouldn't make sense to do, like, CG stuff, but we're so used to seeing that now. Like, it's, it's cool to go back and see, like, you know, like a well-done uh, practical effect. It was, it was so... The first one's so brutal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, it was like... So <sighs> brutal. Um, yeah, that opening, like, sex scene where she kills him. But so it, brutal. And the funny thing is, I was watching the scene, and before he even gets killed, I'm like, this sounds painful. <laughs> it sounds like he's in pain. Uh, the, the, the ones that really stand out, for sure, is that the first one. Um, when Gus gets killed in the elevator. Mm-hmm, that one's brutal, too. In neck, and then when Liz gets shot. Like, 
we've seen how many times have you seen somebody get shot in a movie right like a million times yeah for some reason when she gets shot in this one it seems so powerful like he shoots her like in the heart chest area she fucking goes flying back and it's like yeah it's brutal because because like i think part of that is the build-up of him pulling the like killing having the background of like having like accidentally or suggested intentionally killing people and stuff like that and how that weighs in and then it is powerful because you're like what are you doing you you're you're falling down this this hole and stuff like that and i think that's one thing i did like about it too is he's like it suggested that he becomes the villain partway through it too when he's in interrogation reiterating the lines that she said before and stuff like that and kind of how he doesn't know what's happening and how he feels like how it feels like he he's flipped and Mm -hmm. stuff like that which i think is really really a cool sort of thing where it's like is he really the good guy anymore is he falling back into these bad ways and stuff like that that he's he has worked his way out of but is now devolving back into because he doesn't know what is what's real and what's not and that sort of thing that that's a great point was when he's being interrogated in that same like gray room with the blue lights and he pulls up the cigarette and they're like, what the, like, you know, you can't smoke anymore. This isn't your first time in this building. And he's like, what are you going to charge me with smoking? Like what she said. And I was just like, mm-hmm. what, like what the fuck ever dude. <laughs> like, and then he says, he says something again too, that she says, I forget what exactly it is, but yeah, he reiterates it. And it's kind of, it's interesting to see that. Yeah. It, it, it is cool. Cause in the beginning, yeah, his intentions are like we gotta find the killer or whatever. But then, once he meets Catherine, he does like switch. He makes a switch, and it's very gradual. But so, I don't. It's so cool to see how she manipulates. Like it, that character is so well like written and portrayed. Like I don't. It's cause yeah. It, she doesn't feel like the bad guy. Yeah, it definitely. Yeah, it definitely doesn't feel like she's the bad guy. But there's a, like in the movie I noticed there's a lot of like duality and stuff like that to a lot of the characters and stuff like that, how they're like how they showed like the good and the bad sides and stuff like that. And how even through scenes, they reiterate like the same sort of kind of images and whatnot is really cool. Like with the sex scenes and stuff like that. And then how they, the one thing I didn't like about them reiterating it was the, the last time they go to the, the sex scene and like, is she really the killer? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, is she really the killer again? And then it's like, oh, is she actually trying to kill him? Because there's the ice pick under the bed. Uh-huh. And that's one thing I definitely wanted to ask you about is do you think she was intending to kill him um, in bed? Where she's like, I I hate Rugrats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's... They really do make it... Because from the very first sex scene, you see her, and she's like arched back when she when she grabs the ice pick and then yeah every sex scene after that they show her doing that exact same motion where she mm-hmm. arches back like she's gonna grab it and then that last one yeah they do it a couple times and it's not until she's laying on her side that you see the actual you know that she got her way she did what she was trying to do mm-hmm. I, I don't it's hard because she's like throughout the whole time you can clearly tell that she's using him and manipulating him right and so are you to believe that what she says is truthful so like she was talking about that one dude and how she just liked having sex with him or whatever is uh michael douglas nick is he the new version of that 
Mm-hmm. I I like to imagine that she was gonna kill him, but then she had second thoughts about him, and then she doesn't. I I think my interpretation of that ending is because throughout the whole movie we see like this master manipulator sort of thing, which she I forget what like the scene in the cop car when they're taking her in for the the first interrogation and stuff like that, mm-hmm. where they're having this discussion about um, writing how it makes it easy to lie and that sort of stuff and. Mani- all that sort of manipulation stuff, and I think, I think for the most part, um, I think for the most part, with the lying and manipulation and stuff like that, I think for the most part it's an act, and I think that's conti- carried out throughout the, even the ice pick being there, where it's the scene where they're, um, where the ice picks there and stuff like that, and I think. It's her just playing her character, main character in the book, and going through the different situations, and that the ice pick's there. So when she reaches over, she thinks about what she'll feel as the character in the book reaching for the ice pick to go and actually kill him. But instead of killing him, she goes back and almost uses it as a metaphor for like <laughs> love, <laughs> love making, um, where to these psychopaths, that's what it's like. Is it's like that. Um, like making love and stuff like that, but to, um, but in the book it's, or for the killer, it's killing. And for her, it's sex and that sort of thing. And that's her vice. Okay. That's kind of what I gathered. Uh-huh. Um, but I think, I honestly think it could have gone either way, but I, if just, so, it, it, it annoyed me at the end where it's like, cut music swell, cut music swell. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, we know she didn't kill all those people. And yeah. then it's like, but did she? Because we need a sequel. Was she really a killer? <laughs> we need that sequel 14 years later. <laughs> we'll try to capitalize yeah. on a movie 14 years later. No, it's, Welcome to the 2000s. <laughs> for real. Uh, honestly, I really like everything about this movie. Um, there's just one scene in particular that I don't care for. And if it was cut out of the movie, I would, wouldn't... I don't think it... I don't think it does anything other than make michael douglas look like a shitty character i know i think i know what you're saying you're gonna say so it's the scene where um he goes home with uh beth or lisa Mm -hmm. what what the fuck's her name it's it's yeah that's her fake name that she comes with yeah because lisa's her other name so i when i watched this movie a couple (sighs) weeks ago um and I, i fell asleep I I always fall asleep during these movies, so what am I? I don't have to explain this, but when I watched it a couple of weeks ago and I fell asleep, I remember that being one of the last things that I saw, and just being like, "What the fuck? Like this is stupid." It's it's yeah. It, it's, it's too tough much. to watch. Yeah, it's so hard to watch. It's really hard to watch. It's just like way over the top. It doesn't need to happen, and like I doesn't, it doesn't really do anything for either of them. Like. It doesn't make it. It's it's just, I don't know. I does it make it him? Is it supposed to paint him and like he's a bad person because of like how he treats women, or that's is, what it yeah. Or does it play out like that's his fantasy? I don't know. You my know I mean? my watching it is so uncomfortable to watch, and my thinking is that it's supposed to kind of almost foreshadow that he's viewing her as the 
as Catherine. So he's kind of like envisioning that, which she envisions in herself and that sort of thing, Mm -hmm. which is why she goes through with it the way he does. But I I have no idea. That's such a hard scene to watch. And it's so it's it's a messed up scene. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's so dark. And uh, Uh, I don't I I did not like that scene. When I watched it a, a couple of weeks ago, I thought of it as um, this was that scene is like how he always treats her. And I was like, when I watched it but even last night, I was like, that can't be it because she she makes a line about how he's never been like that before or whatever. Right, right. And so yeah. then I was really thinking about it, like, what's the whole point of of this scene? Are they trying to? Like, what are they trying to say here? I think they're, I, I think they're, sh- honestly, to me, it feels like they're showing his downfall. Cause like he has the drinks before he yells at the superior dude and then he does this. Okay. So, but oh, okay. it's weird that they have, have that sort of downfall in there for him. Cause if you don't have it, if you have that downfall for him, then it doesn't, it just feels out of place. And yeah. like later on in the movie, it almost feels like you have to ignore it because of the way things happen. Mm-hmm. He doesn't act like that again either. Like that was that was another thing too. Is I can see it. Yeah, this is you know he's he's back on the sauce. He's smoking cigs again, and he's you know being this like super aggressive toward women. But he doesn't treat any other. He doesn't treat. He's Catherine never like liked that. that again. No. Yeah. So it was just for that one scene, and it was like, why this doesn't need to be in here? And also, it's just confusing. But that was. That's literally the only thing I don't like about this movie. Yeah, that's that's one of my big critiques. And I think at the beginning, some of the dialogue's kind of weird and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Until, like, they want, once they get into actually going to her house and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like, the first scene or two, like, the dialogue just seems weird and out of place to me. It almost seems like it's written weird. But other than that, yeah, for the most part, it's pretty cool. The other thing that I thought was weird was the glass, the orange glasses at the beginning that they look at the bed with. I'm like, what? I don't even remember like, these <laughs> orange glasses. Because they're, they're like detecting the semen on the bed and they use the orange glasses and it's just so weird. Because they're like, they're using it and there's these little like green rectangles on the bed and we're like, oh, yep, <laughs> that's oh, what happened. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, that's not even a real tool. <laughs> it might have been 30 years ago. That seems so. 3D glasses. <laughs> now that's Maybe. technology right there. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah, that was my biggest thing with the movie, but yeah, overall I thought the movie was really it was really well paced and I think a really put together like film noir movie. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, but like you said that scene I don't think needed to be in there. I think it takes away from his character cuz I think you have enough conflict in him as it is without throwing that scene in there cuz they never bring it up again. They never have the conflict. The re- relationship devolves between those two regardless of it. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It but maybe it didn't need to be maybe there. Maybe the only the only other thing I could see for why they included it in there is to show that she, that she isn't this kind of um held in this high regard, like in her mind, as everybody thinks that she is because she is a psychologist and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But that's that's a long stretch, and you have to think about that afterwards instead of just sitting and watching this weird and comfortable scene that you're. As an audience member, you're like, why am I watching this? Yeah, it's really uncomfortable. But overall, I did I did enjoy the movie. I thought the 
like I said, the film noir stuff was cool and seeing it in this different context was really neat. Um, cause it, it definitely reminded me of vertigo and Chinatown and a bunch of other different movies mm-hmm. that were really, really good. Um, that were kind of like this, um, which I don't think this movie's as good as those ones are, but I definitely think it's, it's, um, a pretty good movie nonetheless. Yeah. What, uh, what did you think? Yeah, I, I like it. I, um, it's, it's a cool like crime drama. Uh, I it I really like how uh, Sharon Stone's character is like. I think her character's great. Other than mm-hmm. that scene with Michael Douglas, I think he does a, a great job of just being a shithead. Like yeah. he's likable in the beginning, but you can tell that he's got issues. And then you know, as time goes on, those all come like come to light just because he's easily manipulated. Um. Yeah, and like like I said mm-hmm. before, like the practical stuff about it, I really enjoy. Uh, yeah, I think it's a cool movie. It's a good movie. Yeah, so that that brings us now to our rankings. So for the uninitiated who haven't listened to the show before, each and every week we go through and we rank our different um the movies on three different categories. If I can actually pull up the. <laughs> The graphic will have no problem, but instead I've got uh, the one picture mocking Ricky. Um, so let's let's get this pulled up. We want we'll start with Netflix. We'll see where this ranks in our echelon of Netflix movies. So so, so far, yeah, I didn't ask. Is this going to be okay? So, so it's far, all of them. Netflix is The Runner and Taxi Driver. Where do you think this uh, this uh, ranks on the list? Um, I enjoyed this one the most. I I have to put it number one. Number one, I it's a tough call for me, but I think overall it's, I think it's better than Taxi Driver. Mm-hmm. I probably would be more likely to return and watch Taxi Driver again over this movie. Okay, but I'm, I think probably once we go to the main list, it'll be higher on it than Taxi Driver will be. So I think I'm gonna go with the like you. I'm gonna go with number one for Netflix. Okay. So we will put this on as number one for Netflix once my thing works. <laughs> so it, uh, it's always something. Okay. And next up for our rankings, we rank all the movies we've seen in one year. So right now, as it stands, we have two different films for uh, for. 2021 and right now as it stands for 2021 we have wonder woman 1984 at number two and at number one we have tenant ricky where where would you like to put basic instinct wow um i think i'd have to put it at number two that's what that's what i was feeling yeah because i like tenant more for different reasons and it's a totally different movie right yeah they're um, they're very different yeah to- oh my god um but i think just out of like sheer enjoyment of watching it i think i'd put it number obviously two. more fun right yeah, yeah it's I, not as dark and shit yeah i'd put it number two number two that's where i was going with it too so now as it stands for 2021 we have wonder woman 1984 at three Excuse me, Basic Instinct at 2, and number 1 is Tenet still, even though it's not streaming anywhere, unless you pay for it. <laughs> um, 
Now, Extremity <laughs> the... DVD player. All right. Now, uh, for our final final ranking, we go through each and every movie we've seen on this show, and we go through and rank it amongst the other ones. God. So as it stands right now, number 12, Catherine Upside Down, number 11, The Runner, number 10, Conan 2011. I don't know why it says 2001. <laughs> Number nine, White Mile. Number eight, Taxi Driver. Number seven, Prince of Persia. Number six, Scoob. Number five, uh, Wonder Woman 1984. Number four, Labyrinth. Number three, Haunted Mansion. Number two, Clue. And number one, Tenet. Ricky, where are you feeling that basic instincts should fall on this list? So when you said White Mile, I imagined Eight Mile. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Eight Mile would probably be uh, a little bit higher on that list. Yeah. Um... I would put this one at number three above Haunted number Mansion. Number three above Haunted Mansion. Yeah. So, because well, so here's what happened to me. I'm going through. I have a Pluto TV on my TV. I think I might have mentioned this. Okay. It has like free channels. I don't think so, but oh, Pluto TV is fucking cool. So it's just like free live channels, and there's like a couple of movie ones, and they play like you know shitty B horror movies, and some of them play like. Uh, Newer movies, whatever. I turned it on one mm-hmm. night, uh, just turned my TV on to the Pluto thing, and it was on one of the movie channels, and I caught the very ending of Clue. And I was like, God damn it, I wish I would have caught the beginning. I caught, I turned it on right as that dude goes, I'm going to have sex with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, right at the end. And I was like, oh, I wish I would turn this on a little bit sooner. Um, yeah. But I would put it at number three. Number three. Yeah. What are you thinking? I don't know. Because originally I was thinking number five. And now you said three. And now I don't know what to believe. Because um, I don't know. I don't know if I think it's better than Labyrinth or not. I Now I'm thinking it probably is better than Labyrinth. But then the question is, is it better than Haunted Mansion? Or is it just better than Labyrinth? If we look... <laughs> what does the Venn diagram look like? Of Haunted Mansion and Basic Instinct. <laughs> these two movies could not be further apart like i mean the opening credits involve a death (laughs) (laughs) the one dude uh the one dude's hanging from the ceiling in the in uh um whatever you call it haunted mansion yeah i think haunted mansion for me is uh very like seasonal like, can mm. I throw on Haunted Mansion in the middle of the summertime? I mean, I could, but is it going to have the same effect if I put it on, you know, during Halloween? Right, right. I think... Oh, that's tough. Yes. I don't know. I don't know what I'm thinking. Some of them, dude, some of them are real tough. Yeah, I, There was, like, a stint, I feel like, where it was, oh, this one is so much better than the last one we watched. It has yeah, to now it's getting... Now it's getting closer. Oof. Haunted Mansion is just such... It's just so much more fun than Basic Instinct is. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's that's what's catching me. Is, and plus, I'd watch, I feel like I'd watch Haunted, Haunted Mansion again before I'd watch Basic Instinct, which is the the troubling part. So I don't... I know, it's really hard to, to base it on. Like, what what is our base to, you know, rank these? Because... I think I mentioned before, like a while ago, where is which movie am I gonna am I more likely to watch again? Yeah, 
Or which one is more fun or whatever, or a better story or <laughs> there's too many things to to choose. Well, you know what? I'll I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll put it in I'll put it in number three. Number three? I'll put it in number three. So as it yeah. stands right now, number one is tenant, number two is clue, number three is basic instinct, number four haunted mansion, no and number five labyrinth. I won't say any more because then I'm gonna run out of breath. <laughs> So that that is our rankings, and now we've come to the last piece of our show. Ricky, are you ready the for most us to spin the wheel? The most exciting part of the whole show. <laughs> yep, that's why you sit through it every, that's every why, week. That's why I do it every week. What am I going to watch? Okay, so now we've got the wheel spin on here. Oh, what so are we our watching first, then? we're going to just do that. Our first one, ready, Ricky? Are we, which, uh, which channel? Which we're going next next is hulu next we've got hulu all right hulu. so on hulu we've got loose it says netflix a star right there. yeah it's it should be all set to hulu though because on oh, top okay, it's on okay. hulu so it should be right hopefully all right causing problems um, i don't need to go ahead <laughs> <laughs> so we're just gonna make sure that you're right so we're gonna search loose yeah i've never even heard of this one also i don't really go on yeah it's on hulu okay perfect a star athlete and top student loses idolized image is is challenged by one of his teachers when his unsettling views something <laughs> got Octavia Spencer in it and that looks like uh, what's his face can't remember his name oh that does look like what's his face <laughs> uh, from from uh, from Incredible Hulk and uh, Reservoir Dogs oh uh, Tim Roth Tim Roth yes thank you Ricky. Mm-hmm. Now our second spin. Nope, spin it again. It was a documentary. Yeah. Ghost stories. What is this? Devotes what? his life to exposing phony, psychics, and fraudulent supernatural shenanigans. The skepticism soon gets put to the test. I'm guessing that's what it says. I'm gonna write these down so we yeah. know. Loose and ghost stories. Which? What year is that? 2007. 2017. Okay. Okay. I am a big fan of uh, ghosts. And ghost-related things. Okay, let's see what else we end up. Yeah, forgot... Please be something good. <laughs> Odd Thomas. Dude, Odd Thomas is actually a really cool movie. I've never seen it. Uh, In California, a deserted town. Shorter cook with clairvoyant abilities encounters a mysterious man with a link to dark. That's how <laughs> this is what it says. Link to dark. Wait, is that Henry Cavill? No, it's not Henry Cavill. It looked like him for a second. No, but that dude's in a bunch of other stuff. I watched that movie forever ago. I think I might have rented it, like when it when you could rent it. So back in 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I but I remember enjoying it. So I'm I'm down for okay. My picks are Odd Thomas or Ghost Stories. I feel like we should do Odd Thomas. I feel that that looks like a now available movie. Yeah, it does. I was going to say, it looks like a now available movie. So next week, everybody do your homework. We are watching Odd Thomas on Hulu. So make sure your subscriptions are live for that. And uh, Ricky, do you have anything else you want to say to the people before we uh, sign off here? Uh, Thanks for watching, listening. Uh... (laughs) See you next week, I guess. Okay. That's about it. Uh, yeah, just everybody make sure you like, subscribe, share. Let everybody know about our podcast and 
uh, help our audience grow. You, as always, you can uh, comment to us any of your thoughts or feelings about any movie that we are re- have reviewed or are going to review. You can do that for me at Howard AK88 on Instagram and Twitter. And you can do also do it to Starroom Studios on Instagram or Twitter, which I'm more active on. But I have to do something that will make Ricky mad on Twitter. So I will do that for uh, for next week. And Ricky, where can the good people find you at? Um, at Ritz Khalifa on Twitter and Instagram and Twitch and formerly on TikTok. Um, Ritz Khalifa, formerly of TikTok. Yeah, the artist formerly known as. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it for my stuff. Um, yeah, but if you have any uh, th- you know, thoughts, email me, text me, I don't care. Yeah, let them know about Jersey Shore. Yeah, if you want to talk Until Jersey next, Shore. <laughs> yeah. Until next time, Ricky. Uh, your mother was no Sharon Stone. <laughs> oh my god! Jeez! You guys are you guys remember Scream, right? I don't remember that. This is the, this oh, is the oh yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. All right, bye. <laughs> bye. If you ever wanted to make a podcast but run into a roadblock when trying to get it out into the world, now you don't have to worry about that with Anchor. Anchor is a completely free service that can get your podcast on platforms from Apple Podcasts to Spotify. Now there are even creation tools that allow you to make your podcast all in one place right on Anchor's website. They give you the opportunity to make money through Anchor, no matter the size of your listenership. So go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today and put your podcast out into the world. Now available. Now available. Now, now, now available.